The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. On a a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him. And the host will invite both of you, by, invited both of you may approach you and say, give your place to this man. And then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place, so that when the host comes to you, he may say, my friend, move up to a higher position. Then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to the host who invited him, When you hold a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. Humility is said to be the mother of all virtue. And I think uh, that's an apt understanding of humility, especially as opposed to pride, which we see pride is the father of all vice and sin. We see this especially with the vice or the, the pride of Satan, which leads to his fall, the pride of Adam and Eve, which lead to their fall, right? That, that cause sin in this world. I love the opposites of Adam and Eve and Jesus Christ being the new Adam um, because Adam and Eve sought to be like God in pride by eating from the tree and condemning us. But Jesus, who is God, humbles himself humiliates himself on the tree to save us. And so we see in opposition what pride does and what humility does. Humility is also said by St. Thomas to be the foundation of the spiritual edifice. And I think this is true. I've heard somewhere that kind of the first step in the spiritual life is to recognize that there is a God and it's not you, right? Um, it's important for us to have humility in order to be able to interact with God and interact with one another. Humility comes from a Latin term, humilitas, uh, which kind of comes even further. We can look at uh, humus, humus, which uh, very similar to hummus, right? Uh, humus, uh, which basically means in Latin dirt. And that's actually partly where humans come from. Humans uh, is man of dirt, uh, kind of, which is actually where the name Adam comes from. Adam means in Hebrew, dirt, right? So we recognize that uh, this is a reality of what we kind of understand 
our origin from being is that we're from dust, and to dust we shall return, right? We, we talk about that at um, Ash Wednesday, right? And we remember that especially. And so humility is this recognition of who we are, right? That we're, we're dirt. Now, we're not dirt in the sense that we're worthless, okay? Um, that's not the type of humility that is there. Um, humility can sometimes be a false humility, which is, again, like an Eeyore of, oh, I'm the worst, oh, it's so sad and everything. That's, that's not true humility. Um, or sometimes saying false things about yourself, it's called false humility, right? That's not real humility uh, in it. Humility is about reality. And we love people who live in reality, who know themselves, who know uh, the world, know what they have to give, but also know maybe where their weaknesses are, right? We love those people because those are the easiest people to understand and interact with. And I think that's where uh, the book of Sirach comes with, right? Conduct, Conduct your affairs with humility. You will be loved more than a giver of gifts, right? If you conduct your affairs with humility, You might not have gifts to give, right? You might not be able to do the fancy things or invite people to a big party, but you will be more valued as a friend than a giver of gifts. Humility has a powerful interaction, uh, not only with our relationship with God, but also our relationship with one another. And of course, there's this reality within our communication with God and in the spiritual life that the more that we humble ourselves, the greater that we are. Now, again, it's not a false humility. It's not meant to be a false humility, but a recognition of who we truly are. Um, Humility humility at the root uh, does have also this idea of humiliation. And Jesus kind of recognizes it in some ways that, you know, in reality, um, if we don't choose humility, we're going to be humbled one way or another because we're going to be humiliated, right? Um, And again, uh, at some point in our life, right? If we live and conduct our affairs with pride. Um, It's funny, um, humility is probably the, if you pray for humility, it's probably the one that God answers most readily, uh, often through humiliations, (laughs) Um, it, it, uh, God often uses humiliation sometimes to recognize, again, who we are, right? To kind of put us in our proper place. Now, again, our proper place isn't to be Eeyore, okay? It's not meant to be a place that you're worthless. It's meant to be a place of reality, of lowering ourselves because we recognize that, again, we're not God. But yet, we still recognize that God loves us and that we're still worth the blood of Jesus Christ. We're still made in the image and likeness of God, and nothing can take that away from us. That is living in reality and living in humility. And in our great spiritual gifts that God has given us, it's in fact false humility not to use them, okay? To be able to be given a gift from God, whatever that is, right? The gifts from God that he gives us And to say in false humility, well, no, I'm not going to use it, right? That's false humility because it's out of fear. Now, again, saying that you have more gifts than you necessarily do, right? That sometimes uh, is a problem, but uh, often it's, it's the opposite problem. 
Mary, uh, beautifully, again, in this reality understanding, Mary says, uh, when she goes and meets Elizabeth, she, she proclaims the Magnificat, which is a beautiful prayer as a whole. Uh, but one line in it always sticks out and it especially gives us an understanding of the humility of Mary. And she says, all generations will call me blessed. Now, Mary doesn't say that in pride, right? She doesn't say it puffing herself up. She says it in reality, right? Because she, in perfect humility, received Jesus Christ, said yes to the Holy Spirit, and the reality is that all generations will call her blessed. And so, again, it's not, that is not an act of pride to be able to say that. It is not an act of pride to be able to say that God loves you, right? And that you are worth much more than anything in this world, right? And we recognize that with the dignity of every human person. And so uh, we need to grow in humility, right? To combat this natural disposition of pride that we have. And I'd like to point out a few things that we do in Mass, uh, which is supposed to help us humble ourselves. Now, as we come in, we take some water, and now the holy water fonts are, are filled, and we make the sign of the cross, recognizing our baptism, recognizing that beautiful gift that we needed from Jesus Christ to enter us into a life of grace, okay? So that's the first sense of humility that we recognize, again, this gift that God has given us. As we come in with the uh, sanctuary lamp on, and we know that Jesus Christ is present in the tabernacle, in the Eucharist, that we lower ourselves, we genuflect, we, we touch our right knee to the ground because we humble ourselves before the King of Kings, recognizing that we ourselves are not king here, but we come as servants, right? We come as his children um, and we give him the reverence that he deserves. Throughout Mass, there are many times when we might bow. Ideally, during the uh, profession of faith, when we talk about Jesus becoming man and dwelling among us, that beautiful humility that Jesus Christ gave, you know, he humbled himself to walk among us and to save us. And so we ourselves in humility are actually called to bow during that. Now, again, a small action that we might do without thinking. Of course, all these things without thinking. And again, they will not help us in humility if we don't think about them, right? To engage them as acts of humility, of recognizing who God is and who we are in reality. And so when we bow during that time, it is again a time to lower ourselves, to recognize ourselves that we are from dust and dust we shall return, right? But God is good. If you recognize... uh, I'm ultimate, uh, there are multiple times when I'm bowing. Before I came and grabbed the gospel book, I bowed and made a prayer of humility, asking God to help me. Um, Before I start the Eucharistic prayer, I bow and make a prayer of humility and wash my hands, asking the Lord to help me, right? All of these things are are things that are necessary for me to be able to, uh, again, not be puffed up in pride, but to recognize this great gift that God has given me and hopefully grow in humility, right? Um, As we uh, uh, pray, right, 
one of the, uh, a humble position is one of kneeling, right? It's a place of vulnerability. It's a place of, of kneeling before the Lord, right? That is a place of humility, to grow in humility. I know that many times we just kneel because that's what the next thing to do is. But it's meant to, again, recognize that reality of who we are and who God is in the midst of it all. So again, I hope that we can grow in humility as opposed to pride, right? Um, One of the other great acts that maybe not during Mass, but is a great way to knock down pride in our life uh, is to go to confession, right? There's nothing more humble than admitting our sins, right? To be able to recognize and to be able to say, I'm not perfect, right? But what's beautiful about the sacrament of reconciliation and should be beautiful about that admission is that at the end of confession, you can say, yes, but God still loves me. He knows me and he loves me and he's still willing to suffer and die for us. He is willing to humble himself and humiliate himself on the cross. And so we ourselves also should be willing to humble ourselves, humiliate ourselves out of love for him. I'll give you this last line, uh, which is kind of uh, a play on to a certain degree, um, which I've talked about the weight of glory before, which is a beautiful uh, essay by C.S. Lewis. But uh, it is, in fact, very easy for us to think too much about ourselves. It's very easy to do. But it is not possible to ever think too much about our love of God and love of neighbor, right? So I think, again, we can sometimes get too trapped up in ourselves to try to think, I need to grow in humility, I need to grow in humility. Well, two ways that we do that, we knock down pride and we start thinking about other people, right? We start loving. And in genuine, authentic love, Humility comes natural because all of a sudden we're thinking less of ourselves, but we're thinking about the gifts that God has given us to help uh, and to love God and to love those around us. And so we pray uh, that we might grow in humility this day so that we might ultimately be exalted by God in our judgment. But also, I pray that we might also be loved more than a giver of gifts.